this morning, the message the Lord gave me, I know you've heard a lot of messages on Mary and Martha. And probably the ones you've heard is Martha always gets a bad rap, don't you think? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of Martha in me. I'm a uh, practical person. I, if someone tells me they're coming to my house, then I'm going to clean it and I'm going to figure out what to fix to eat and what I need to do too much sometimes. So Martha was that kind of person. I'm going to read you the story. Jesus and Martha and Lazarus and Mary were very good friends. And he decided that he was going to go to their house uh, for lunch or dinner, whatever it was. Now, Jesus didn't travel alone. He had an entourage. He had 12 disciples coming with him. There was Mary and Martha and Lazarus, so that was 16 people. They couldn't go out and order a pizza. <laughs> they couldn't go down to Taco Bell and pick up tacos. It was a big job to prepare food back then for that many people. And back in those days, hospitality was a big thing, um, not only for feeding people, but also because they walked on the dusty roads when they came in. You had, you, you know, you washed their feet. That was how you showed them hospitality. I mean, he's glad you don't have to do that today. <laughs> and uh, so she had a lot going on, but she was up for it because that's what she did. She was a hospitable person. But I've always thought she got a bad rap. So we're going to read that and have a little different slant on it today. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Mary, too. So you don't have to turn if you want me to just read this for you. It's in Luke chapter 10, um, 38 through 42. Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, let me say this. Also, back in those days, I don't know if you know, it wasn't the norm for a woman to enter in to the male conversation. You know, they usually remember the scriptures that said if a woman wanted to know something, let her mask at home and that kind of thing. <clears throat> it wasn't the norm for a woman to go sit at a man's feet to listen to what he had to say. So um, so she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. That tells me when he said the name twice, it was a gentle rebuke. He said, Martha, Martha. How many times have we done that with our children? The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, we hear this, and we see this, and I have never thought that was fair, because what, what if later, what if, what if Martha just decided, okay, I'm going to quit what I'm doing, and I'm going to go sit at Jesus' feet, after it was all said and done and they were all hungry, she could have said, well, dude, you know, I chose the good part. I come in here and sat down too. Don't know what you're going to eat. <laughs> you know, you have to think about that. Jesus had <clears throat> needs. He needed to eat. He needed to be taken care of. 
And I want to show you that Jesus wasn't saying what she was doing was not good. It was not a good part. So we'll go on with that just in a minute. So I imagine that Martha was very busy in the kitchen, and she probably, the longer she was in there, the madder she got. She probably thought, look, Mary's not done anything all day. I shook all the rugs. I cleaned the house. I had to go to the market. I'm doing all this, and she's sitting in there getting all the good stuff at Jesus' feet. She probably started clanging pots and pans. I probably would have. <laughs> she probably <laughs> dropped a few things on the floor. I bet she even went peeked around the door and made a few <sighs> noises. And the whole time, Mary's just sitting at Jesus. Leave anything out here. So Martha wanted to be where Mary was, but someone had to feed Jesus. So finally, she had had enough, and she said, Jesus, you need to tell Mary she needs to come and help me because I'm tired of this. Now, here's what she did wrong. Not that she was using her gift. She was gifted for this. If she would have served with gladness and done that with gladness, Jesus would have never said, Martha, you should be sitting in here at my feet too because this is the good part. When he had to gently rebuke her is when she decided to judge Mary for what she was doing. So when you have a gift and you're doing it and you know that in your heart this is a very needful thing and you have a ministry, this can go for men and women, and you think the whole church should be doing that. And that's when it starts aggravating you and you think, well, they should all be doing this. That's when we get out of our gifting and get into uh, resentment and judging. He did not care. He was glad that Martha was in there preparing the meal. He would have probably talked to her later on. But when she got resentful and decided she was going to judge Mary for what she was doing, that's where the problem came in. Think about it this way. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to everything he's saying. What if she's glancing in there thinking, well, she's in there making all this racket and doing all of this. She should be sitting in here listening to the Lord like I am. What if she would have said, Jesus, you need to tell Martha that she needs to stop what she's doing and come in here and listen to you because she needs this worse than I do. <laughs> what if he would, she would have said that? I believe Jesus would have said, Mary, Mary, Martha has chosen a needful part. She's doing what she's called to do. Don't judge her for what she's doing. Sometimes as women, we tend to compare ourselves as women, as I think women more than men. As moms, we look at someone else and we think, we should be doing what they're doing. Well, look how they're raising their children. Well, they're feeding their kids all this healthy food, and I'm not, so I'm a failure. No, God has called you to be a specific mother to the child he has given you. We are all in this together. We're to encourage one another, not down one another. And you know one thing that's hard today with that is social media. How many knows when you get on social media, you see all these pictures and what you're seeing is the best day and the best time in a person's life. 
you see this beautiful family portrait. Are you making fun of my glasses, Jake? <laughs> I think I'm ready for no-line bifocals now because I have to keep taking them on and off. Um, you see this beautiful family portrait, and you think, that's a perfect family. I wish my family was that perfect. You didn't see the toddler that threw the fit right beforehand that had to get their clothes changed, and now they don't match. You didn't see the mom and dad's argument because one of them was late. Mandy knows as a photographer you didn't see how many tries it got them to sit down and look so happy. We see the best. And then what happens is the comparison little thing pops up on our shoulder and says, don't you wish your family was that happy? Your family's not that happy. You don't have this. You don't have that. And that is a... Comparison can be a hard, can be a trickster because they never tell the full truth. We just see what everyone wants us to see on social media. We think, well, your life's perfect. People say to me, well, you, you have the perfect family. You've never had to go through anything. You don't know what I went through before the Lord gave me this family. You don't know how I was raised. You don't know the things that I went through. You don't know the things that I go through now. We all have our battles to fight. We all have, I don't think there's one person in here that thinks I have it all together. My kids are perfect. My family is perfect. Now, here's the other thing. We, we, we have a comparison trickster with telling us everybody else is perfect. But then there's a different kind of comparison when we look at other people and say, well, they should raise their kids like I do. If they would feed them healthy food, they wouldn't be sick. If they didn't get vaccines, they wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> How many knows that's what you see as moms? I always think of all these moms when I'm on social media because there's so many disagreements. We have to pray and we have to do our best with our kids and what we feel in our hearts, whether you decide to, to do this or that, you're their mother and you're doing what's best for them and it's okay. So don't expect everybody to be like you. But then don't compare yourselves and say, I wish I was like them. Am I the only person in here that's ever done that? I want you to know how important you are as a mother and how important you are as a woman. And if you, I know today's a hard day for some. I mean, for some of us, it's a happy day and celebration and you've got your kids and your mother. For others, you've lost your mother and it's a really hard day. And I'm sorry. I know how that is. Some of you have lost a child and I don't think there's anything worse. Some of you have wanted a child and can't have a child and don't understand. We all have questions, but we know that God hears us and loves us. We don't understand. We may never understand. I am an empath, a person that feels what other people feel. And sometimes that can be good, and sometimes it's hard. Because I can never really 100% just celebrate a day, even Christmas, because I think of the people that are alone. I think of the people that don't have family. I think of the people that have lost people, lost their family. 
And so we, as moms and women, we need to link arms and be there for one another. We need to know that what they're going through, maybe we would do differently. But if we can help them, let's help them. And for those that need help, be open to help. Know that people love you and they just want to help. So going back to the Mary and Martha, I don't know if you thought about this. So Martha gets the bad rap. And uh, so I just want to come right here. It says, we cannot do what we're not gifted to do. Martha was a doer. Her name meant lady of the house. She used those gifts, but she still must remember to sit and listen to Jesus. Now, some of you moms that are Marthas, and you've got little kids, or you work, and you, you know, there's so many things going on. You have to find time to listen to Jesus. It may be five or ten minutes when you can catch it. It may be while you're doing the dishes. It may be while you're making a bed. But you have to t have time to sit at Jesus' feet and listen. That's a must for all of us. Regardless, I had a friend that you all know very well, Barbara Carroll. And she started to work with the women. Her and I worked together. It was the perfect scenario of the Martha and Mary. Because you know Barbara, everything was sitting at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> and I'm trying to get, you know, some practical things. We became the best of friends because she said, you know, I thought that you were supposed to do, be thinking about the things I'm thinking about. And she said, but I realized that there was a time when I first got saved that I just wanted to read the Bible and learn so much about Jesus that I didn't clean my house. My husband would come home and there'd be no dinner on the table and there would be no clean house. But I knew the word, you know, what Jesus had said to me. And she said, and someone come to me and told me, Barbara, you, that's, not, that's not what God wants. He wants you to clean your house and feed your husband and care about him, as well as sit at the feet of Jesus. So we, we might have a lot of Marys in here that thinks, well, these other things aren't important. They're all important. We have to sit at the feet of Jesus but we have to meet practical needs. No one, none of the homeless is going to get food if we're just sitting at the feet of Jesus praying for them. We have to take it to them. We have to take the gospel to people. We have to help people. Mary was a thinker. Mary means wise woman. And she listens to Jesus, but she didn't think that cleaning the house and serving was that important. So both are very important. Now I want to give you another story of Mary and Martha, and it's found in John 11. Uh, it starts at 17. This is when Lazarus got sick, and they, both Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus. Our brother is sick. You, you need to come. They knew if he came that he would be healed. They both sent him a message. Well, wherever Jesus was, he didn't hurry right there. He stayed there a couple more days in ministry because he was Jesus. He was God. He knew what he could do. So down in verse 20, it says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, back in the day when someone died, you had seven days of mourning. 
You didn't cook. You didn't put, you know, you didn't go out. You stayed at home and people came and mourned with you. So they had a house full of people there mourning with them. They were grieving, both Mary and Martha. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him and Mary stayed home. Think about that. Mary, the one that sat at the feet of Jesus, Martha ran out to meet Jesus, and Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Does that sound like someone that don't have faith? You know, just because she wasn't sitting right at the feet of Jesus? Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was coming to this world. And after she had said this, she went back and called Mary, her sister, aside and said, the teacher is here. Now, I think Mary knew he was there because they had a house full of people and word came in, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Mary was just in grief. She said, Jesus is asking for you because he wanted to know, where's Mary? Why is Mary not here? So when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same thing Martha said, but she didn't say the other. But I know that still you can do whatever you want to do. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews had come along with her, was also weeping, he was deeply moved and said, where have you laid him? And he cried with them. That's Jesus. He'll cry with you. He didn't judge Mary that she wasn't right there, but he knew Martha's faith. So I want to just say a little bit here. Martha was the first to meet Jesus. He was her hope when all hope was gone and lost. Mary stayed home. Mary focused on what Jesus could have done in the past. On verse 11, 32. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha trusted now. I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Mary was consumed with grief. While Martha gained strength from certainty of a future resurrection and future in Christ. In this scripture, Martha is the sister with a greater sense of balance and perspective. Both believe Jesus could have healed Lazarus while alive. But when he died, Mary could only grieve while Martha found stability by seeking Jesus and trusting him with her problems. So don't be hard on yourself if you're a Martha and you feel like that you haven't said at Jesus' feet enough. I'm not saying that's not important. It's very important. But the gifting God gave you is important. He wouldn't have gifted you with it if it wasn't. 
The things you can do, I cannot do. The things, maybe some that I can do, you cannot do. Same with moms. We're different with our discipline. We're even different with our discipline with our different kids. You know, when you have them at different ages, we are going in stages and learning too. They both loved and trusted Jesus. Jesus needed both the preparation and the presence when he went to their house. He needed to eat and to be nourished, and he needed to know that they were going to sit at his feet and keep him company. So that really spoke to me because I always felt like that I was Martha, and I didn't sit at Jesus' feet enough. And then I realized that both are needed. So if you're a Martha today, it's okay. Now, if you need to come back a little bit and say, Lord, I'm not spending enough time at your feet. If you're not trusting him that, in things that are going on in your life, then you need to spend a little more time at his feet. Because how many know when we spend time with Jesus, all those doubts and fears go away. When I'm anxious... I know that I haven't spent time in prayer, and I haven't spent time in worship, and I'm starting to get worry about things. I am encumbered about with many things, like Martha, and I have to ground myself, and I have to put on worship music, or I have to, um, you know, the Lord speaks to me a lot through books. You know, he speaks to some people through dreams, and sometimes he'll just give me a book that just grounds me. And, and I realize I've been encumbered about with too many things. And I haven't sat down at his feet enough. And then some of you that are Marys that are never worried about anything, but you're not out there ministering to other people's needs. You're not praying for other moms and other people. I'm thankful for our women here at the church because I know they love each other. I know they pray for each other. I know they care about each other. I know that they're a tight-knit group, and I'm so proud of all of you. And so this may not be a really long message, but I hope I'm not finished with what the Lord wants to do for ministry. But I hope somehow that it is spoken to you and that I haven't left out something that I wanted to say that was really, really important. I want you to know that you're all needed. You're all, um, no matter how long you feel like I haven't said at his feet, it's okay. It's okay. You know how much you love your children. You know how much you love them. There is nothing they could do or not do that would make you love them any more or any less. And that's how much Jesus loves us. He loves us more than that. And so don't be hard on yourself, but don't judge others and don't compare yourself. Just say, Lord, you know what? This is how you made me. And this is what I am going to fulfill because I feel like that I have a gift in this. And this is what I'm going to fulfill. And I'm not going to compare myself with someone that has a gift that I wish I had. And I'm not going to judge them because they don't have a gift that I have. Amen? So what I want to do today is I want to pray. I have had on my heart for a while single moms. You all know how hard it is with dads around. Well, imagine how hard it would be if you're the mom and the dad. So I don't want to embarrass anyone. Jacob, if you could come up and just play something really, really softly. 
Um, I want to just have a little bit of time of ministry. And I would like those of you that want to, you don't have to, the single moms, if you would come up uh, first. I'm going to have other moms come up too, so you won't be up here by yourself. Um, but if you could come up and stand right here in the front with me, I would appreciate it. Don't be embarrassed. This is a high calling. Mom is the highest calling that there is. And if you're a single mom, we want to be here to support you and to love you and to help you. Amen? So all of you that are single moms, if you could just come up here and uh, just, yeah, single file in front of me right here. And... Uh, to come up behind them across the across the auditorium. You don't have to. Please don't feel like you have to. But if you want to, come up and, and just stand all the way across the auditorium. Okay. If you can make a single file, that would be good um, because I still want some more of the... And any of you ladies, maybe you're not a mom, but you have a burden for moms. And you're just a woman and you need the Lord to just give you some direction in your life. I want you um, to come and stand behind them. And I want, we're going to pray. And then before we leave, I want to give every one of you a gift. But I just want to say to you that... God treasures you so much, and that's not just vain words. I know you hear it a lot. But some of you have low self-esteem, and you don't think that you're doing good or as a mom or as a wife or as a woman. And some of you feel like, you know, your kids are grown, and I wish I would have done it differently. And, and I hope they have good memories of me. But just like the little clip today, your kids love you. And you know, if you had a mother that was that didn't do anything but give birth to you, she did that much. She brought you here, and for that we're thankful. We are here for one another. I want you to link arms or join hands or however you want to do it, but we're in this together, ladies. We're here to serve one another. And we're here to serve one another with gladness, not to complain because you're not doing what we're doing. We are here to love one another. We're here to strengthen one another. We're here to build one another up. That is our first priority to each other. And then we can reach out into our communities, into our workplaces and other places, and let people know that they don't have to do it alone that Jesus is there to do it with them, that we're there to help them. We want to be a light in a dark place. And so I want us to join hands, and I want you to pray for those moms beside you. And I'm going to pray for all of you. And I'm going to ask God to just anoint you to do what He's called you to do, the gift He's put in you. And you may think, I don't have a gift. You do. It may be just a gift, not just a gift. It may be a gift someone don't see, but you're all gifted.
And I want you to listen for the Lord to tell you how to share that gift with other, other moms and women that are around you. You may be shy. That's okay. You may be an introvert. You may be an introverted extrovert. But God will bring the people in your life that need to be there, okay? And He loves you. And what you're doing is His, His gifting in you. So let me just pray for you as you pray for one another.